Hello, 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 and welcome again to my YouTube, I'm sorry, my podcast. Ooh, sometimes you get your so many irons in the fire, you got to figure out what you're stirring. My podcast. Thank you, thank you. This is my anchor podcast station. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. Once again, you are now listening to Alfreda, your host with the most from What Did God Say Ministry. You know, I have a favorite uh, closure, uh, a, a scripture um, uh Third uh, John, John, third chapter, and it says that you know, third chapter, second verse. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou might prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prosper. Now that's the third John, because there's there's a Saint John, which is in the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there is a first, second, and third John, which is near the end, a little bit right before the book of Revelations, uh, between Jude and Revelations. Now, when you go back there to the third epistle of John, that will be chapter 1 and verse 2. And in reading that scripture, you know, it's something that my desire is for everyone. Because I know when the author to inspired to write that, he was writing that for everyone that loves God and embraces God. You know, sometime in my reflection and revisiting and rewinding, there was a situation sometime when I hear things and I see things on the news or different programs, you know, and I know that I've been in a situation where that could have been me. That could have been me. The young lady who was hit when the person crossed the wrong side of the road from Jones County the other day in my area. And she was out there at 6.40 a.m. in the morning. And I remember the times when I have been up and down the highways and byways in the a.m. going to my hometown from the town I was residing. You know, I used to be leaving in the middle of the night. Well, the times I was out there in the middle of the night, and then I saw another episode where a young lady, she had hooked up with this man, and she was dating this man, and it was so ironic, though, even though she was dating him and she fell in love with him, it come to turn out, this guy named um, Tony Sowell. And I, and I Googled and looked him up. I mean, he lived a life. He was in the military, but yet, my God. He was found guilty of taking 10 women or 11 women lives before her. And it was just a blessing, she said. She thought about how her grandmother, because he would entice women that like to get drunk or women who like to do drugs. And then once he did whatever he did with them, and then he would just take, take their lives. 
You know, and, 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 and I'm not saying it's just men because they even have shown women who have done things, who have gradually poisoned men and given them substances in their food because they wanted to get rid of them. And these were their husbands for insurance money. All I'm saying is that we are all have been in situations where we could have been victimized. You know, there was another show that I seen where this lady, they two-year-old child was missing. But they believe now that this lady, she wrote three suicide notes. She left one to her mother, one to her baby daddy, and, and one to somebody else. But, but the baby went missing prior to this lady contemplating taking her life. And so she apparently placed this baby, what what the law is coming to determine, somebody in Florida, somewhere with somebody who she felt she wanted to raise this child. And then she went to her grandmother's house and she took her life. You know, we don't ever know when weakness and depression and different things will even come upon us. You know, there was another episode with this gentleman and he had stabbed somebody and they thought that he did it. He was in high school, but these kids had teased him. And he ran from the scene. But what ended up happening is that this young man kept complaining that he had abdominal pains. And the the police had him in custody. But when they took him to the nearby hospital, the doctor said, well, you all need to come look at this. And then, um, well, he told, when I told the police officer, they got a situation. And he said uh, he heard of it, but he'd never seen it. And there was a young man who stabbed the guy because he teased him for having a male and a female uh, organs in his private area. And, you know, even then I sat down and I said, God, you know, now that's when a true revelation I know I've heard of that as well, but I've heard people say I was born like this. And then I used to think, well, they might have just been confused. But, you know, when I saw that episode this morning, God immediately said, you don't know how many people, because like somebody used to say, you don't know what's in my underwear if you ain't seen it. I don't know how many people that might have been born like that. You know, there are literally, physically, scientifically, people who are born, and because they are born with both genitals, you know, they, they we don't know. You know, we don't know what people go through from the time of birth. And, you know, it pushed me to want to do some research that how does this come to be where people have two actually two organs but the fact of the matter is it can happen people people are literally born like that and it can happen and that's where I came into my sensitivity you know we're not sensitive a lot of times to people we're not 
compassionate to people. And we don't know what these people are going through, what type of depression, what type of damage. And I say you can be a millionaire. You can be a trillionaire. You can have a hundred college degrees. You can be the top-notch professional person in the company or the the owner. You can have all kinds of success stories and material things and still be damaged on the inside. And I've came to that realization. There are a lot of people that are damaged and broken from the inside. And they don't have a clue to try to figure out how to let go of what damaged them. And the money and the material things, it only just pacifies the moment. It just band-aids the emotions because it becomes a functional distraction in people's lives. But as soon as there's a reminder or there's something, a quiet time, and, 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 and you're away from all the social activities, and, and or you just stop to lay down at night when it's, you finish working. And a lot of times, that's why we evolved to a chemical society. Because before a person sits still and pray and ask God, say, God, just... Release this stuff out of me. Create in me a clean heart. You know, Lord, help me to be strong to cast this stuff into the sea of forgetfulness. To return no more. But we can't call up scriptures from the Bible when we avoid the very words that can deliver us. That's why I encourage people, what did God say? Because it is God's word. I am a living testimony, oh my God, who restored my soul, who healed me from my past pains, who gave me a peace that blew my own mind. (laughs) The Bible says a peace that surpasses all understanding, and it actually can do that. Because I don't understand why now I sit back and I say, you know what, that don't bother me. It's not the end of the world. It's not that serious. I wish and desire no hurt, harm, or danger to anybody about anything on this side of the earth because it's not that serious. This too shall pass. And I promise you, it's not that serious. If we keep living and waking up and laying down every day and we see that this stuff, we can function without it. It's not that serious. Oh, my God. I hope somebody can get blessed and understanding. It's not that serious. The only thing is the end of your world. You stop breathing. You stop living. And you haven't lived a life to let go of past pains, to let go of that damage and hurt. You know, I always envision myself, and I'm going to say this, that when we leave here, we go to two places. We're going to either ascend unto heaven or descend into hell. And in order to be in heaven, I'm always reminded about an angel, an angelic angel in heaven. 
And in my mind of comprehension, I say, well, I know that angels should be nice, kind, decent, loving, unfor- you know, forgiving, and, 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 and everything I could think of that's good, I think about when I think about an angel. So in that, in that, in that, in that, in that, in that analogy, then I ask myself, if you die and go to heaven, and the only thing in heaven is angels, are you prepared? Are you really prepared? Have you learned an angelic character where you just don't be, you can't forgive people, you can't let stuff go, you can't learn how to be at peace? Because it's not that serious. You much rather. Oh my God. My God. My God. It's not that important to miss heaven and go to hell. It's just not that serious to me. And I'm not sitting here saying that I I haven't done things that people probably still offended with me. Yes, they probably are. They still harboring and holding on to something maybe I said, something maybe that happened. You know, but I want to sit here today, my beloved brothers and sisters, and say to you that I thank God that when I search my heart and my mind and my spirit, I have nothing against no one, regardless of what they did and what they said and when they did it and when they said it. As I sit here today, when I tell you, I honestly have a peace that blow my mind. And that's that peace that surpasses all my understanding. And I kept asking God, a peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? Because you know what? God will give you that peace that you don't even understand. (laughs) Why you have it? Because you remember a time when you used to let that stuff keep you angry, keep you bound, keep you bitter, keep you gossiping, and keep you talking about the same old stupid stuff to somebody who got ears to hear. Oh, my God. Just because you want to let that stuff weigh on you. You don't have to do that. That is a free will choice. And I had to learn that. We have a free will choice to choose what we want to dwell on and what we want to let go. My God. And I know sometimes letting go isn't easy when you're stubborn. (laughs) See, letting go is easy, but not when you're stubborn. So see, that's the time we have to know how to pray and say, Lord, help me to remove my stubbornness. Help me to learn how to surrender. Help me, Lord, to help me to let go of things that's not that serious. Help me to let go of things that's going to hinder me from dying and going to heaven. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me. See, in the greatest deliverance is to stop casting blame. Whatever happened to me in my life and in my journey, you know what it happened. If I lost along the way, somebody took, somebody didn't do right. They said the wrong thing because in my mind, you know what God had to show me. It started way before I met those people. It started from the time I was a disobedient child. 
And see, that's where our true honesty comes into play. We need to go all the way back and reflect and rewind and revisit. We need to press the rewind button and, and ask God, why is it that when we say, why did people do me like this? Why did they do me like that? Why did they do me like this? Or why did this happen to me? Let Everything generates from a seed we plant. But sometimes when we get ground, we, 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 we don't want to look at we're reaping this harvest. And what we did back in the days. And I look back at what I did back in the days when my grandmother used to say things to me. And she would say, don't do that. Leave that alone. Come over here. Go over there. Don't get caught out late at night. You know, don't do this. Keep your dress tail down. Until you get married. Go to school and get an education. See, I stopped casting blame. And when I stopped passing the book to believe that whatever going on and what happened to me is always somebody else's fault. That's when I realized, because as long as you're blaming somebody, you're making failing grades. You're not passing. And you'll keep taking the test in life. Because every test in life, it comes from God. This world is a big classroom. People are just instrumental in our lives when we have to take the tests. They are either students or they'll pass the test out. That's what teachers do. They pass out the test. But the test ultimately, you know, there's a background person just like these milestone tests. And if there are governmental agencies that correlate these tests. And then they are part of the curriculum at the school. And the teacher just only passes them out. And so the people in our lives who we want to blame for our hurt, harm, and damage... They just pass out the test. It's bigger than them. It is God. It is God that's trying to get everybody to get to a place in their lives to see that the only thing can happen and go wrong in your lives is determined by your own actions. You can't blame nobody. All that is determined by your own actions. And somewhere in your journey, you took some, it could have been a life, it could have been a wife, it could have been a, a tangible thing, it could have been some money, it could have been a car, it could have been a, a connival, it could have been a trickery. But if you reflect and rewind and revisit, I promise you, when you get start t- putting a checklist by everything that you know that you did that God is not pleased with. You will sit back then and give God some glory and say, well, Lord, I thank you I'm still alive. I thank you I'm still alive. And that's when you begin to really see it's not that serious. Because somebody died in the midst of the very thing that happened with you. Somebody. But God graced you enough to allow you to live. And I even think about that sometime. Okay, I say, God, okay, you grace me enough to get it right and figure this thing out. And then when that happened, I don't know, it will my time come? Because the only reason sometimes I think God allows some of us to continue to live is to get it right. And once we figure it out and get it right, then maybe he know that we're ready to transition on to be angels in heaven. 
And until he had his grace and mercy to do that, he just let us stay here until we figure it out. Because we can't, he, he just love us that he won't take us before then. My God, my God. Mm, my beloved brothers and sisters, whatever damage, whatever hurt, whatever harm that has came in your life and came your way, just trust and know this, that it is God's desire for all of us to prosper and be in good health even as our soul prosper. And if that's not taking place in your life, then it is time to do self-evaluation. Don't keep looking at what somebody else could have, should have, would have did for you. Look at what you could do, should have, would have, could have did. And repent, because I'm sure if things are not going well with thee, then that means repentance is needed from you. Nobody can change. Let me let me say this, and I hope people get this. Nobody can change the course of your life. Nobody. Unless they take your life. Literally. Your conduct and your actions and everything that you sow, every seed that you sow. And I got a book that's coming out next month. Not next month, but the next volume. And they're going to even talk about generational curses. And, you know, sometimes people start thinking that it's my mama fault, my daddy fault, my sister fault, my brother fault. No, 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 no. The day you know and understand God, then it becomes important. Everything is hinged upon your conduct, the things you do, the things you say. It's nobody else's but yours. Whatever time, whatever time in your life that you slipped and dipped. And that's why when things come upon me, I pray. And I ask God, I say, oh God, please forgive me. Lord, I'm so sorry. Oh God, forgive me. Anything that I know and I am aware of. See, I don't lie to myself that it's a sin. That it's a sin, that it's a sin, and it's a sin. And if it's a lie, if it's a lie, if it's a lie. I search myself and I say, okay, God, forgive me. But I can't dwell on it because it'll try to consume you. So when we reflect and rewind and revisit, and then we know that there are things on our pathway that we should release because I don't want to harbor nothing in my spirit on a day-to-day basis that's going to slowly kill me from worration. It's not that serious. I could live without it. I have lived without it. And that can be people, places, stuff, or things. I know one time in my life I learned to live without it. So it's okay. If I did it once, I can do it again. It's not the end of the world. But you know, sometimes when we get caught up in that stuff and that things and that stuff, 
you know, and our stubbornness take over, we start worrying about the principle of the thing. And when you begin to worry about the principle, I can tell you right then that the enemy is trying to have a playground in your mind, body, soul, and spirit. See, that's what the Bible says. That's when you know it's from the devil. Because we deal with spiritual wickedness, principalities, and that's all principalities is. Principalities is the root word. The root word of principality is the principle. And a lot of people have just worried themselves to death or went out to hurt somebody all because the principle of the thing. The principle of the thing is truly the root of the evil. Nobody is not. The principle of the thing don't even matter. See, that's the trick of the devil. And it done put a lot of people behind bars. It done put a lot of people in the graveyard. Because the Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness from high places. It said principalities and spiritual wickedness from high places. So the principle of the thing is that spiritual wickedness. That's the thing that makes you feel that you're most so important That you just got to make your point and prove your point and be heard and be seen and let folks know how you feel. That's that principle of the thing. But like I said, the principle done got a lot of people sick, bound down sick. In jail or in the grave. And the sad part about the principle of the thing. It's generally always about something that somebody can truly live without. It's just not that serious. Unless people want to make it that serious. I often go back to my childhood now. And I look at things and I think about all the things I had to live without back then. And I know I can live without them. That's why a lot of these modern day children, I think a lot of times because they don't, they don't have a balance of old traditions and new traditions. When you take a lot of these new traditions away from them, it's like they fall apart. And they really believe it's that serious. You know, they don't know if your phone break or somebody take it, you can go outside and play hopscotch and, and jump rope and other things, other ways to be resourceful. And that's because it comes from a stemming and teaching of our generation to let people know, okay, okay, so this happened and that happened. Okay, but it's not that serious. We can live without it. It's not that serious. I mean, even if they turn the lights off for a day, it's not that serious. We can live without it. We can go get some candles and we can keep moving forward. But you know, I've never seen such a generation of people where they will fall apart about any and everything that they think is an infringement or inconvenience to their lives. They won't look at the fact that, you know what, I can keep making it. It's not that serious. 
I still have love and kindness and people and my health and my strength. And I still got deep. I mean, we don't sit down and count up the cost of what we have. Instead, we'll let one little thing consume us and just eat away at us and slowly kill us when it really not that serious. You know, my brothers and my beloved sisters, my beloved brothers, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Pray about anything that's damaging you. Pray about anything that's got you twisting and turning at night that is not that serious. What keeps you from getting a good night's sleep? You know, instead of talking to God and, like I say, examine your ways and say, God, why am I letting this problem bother me? Why am I letting this person constantly get in my head to remind me of something? When I am blessed beyond blessed. See, that's where you have to substitute them thoughts and say, you know what, God, but that happened. Help me release it and forgive them because I'm still blessed. You still making ways out of no way. My God. But you know, in a spirit of ungratefulness to God. See, that's somebody like the children of Israel back in the Bible days. They still had to find something to complain about. And it's just some people that's just like that. It's no matter what good is going on in their lives. If they're not complaining, they're gossiping. They got to tell somebody. Because this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I called somebody to talk to them about some grandchildren at Easter. But you know, every time I start looking at every time, the last couple of times, I call to speak to this relative. They always telling me something negative that somebody in my family said about me. And, you know, all of a sudden the phone went out and I tried to call them back. And you know what God said? Leave them alone. I mean, it never fair. If they didn't tell me nothing about my brother, my sister, my mama, my somebody, they always said something. They repeated something. And let me say that. They repeated. They repeated something every time. That somebody in my family said negatively about me. And every time they did it, you know, I had to pray that spirit off of me. Because I'm not going to sit here and act like when you hear stuff that people say that you feel that they won't say. Because you think that they love you not to say. And I just can't never understand grown-ups. I don't care how grown my kids are. I can't understand grown-ups that will get with your child and talk about the parent. Now, I'm going to tell you something. None of my sisters, and I I don't have a close relationship with my sisters, but my aunties, my, or my brothers, that's one thing. They cannot sit and let me sit in the judgment seat. I don't talk to their children about them. I don't care what their children may say. And I don't care how upset they children are with them. I don't sit down one-on-one on on no telephone or face-to-face and talk about parents to their children. That's just not me. Now, I, I, I don't roll like that. Because I think that's a dangerous game. You know, out of all the people in the whole wide world that I can use their ear, I'm not finna sit down. Even my grandkids. 
When they do things, I tell them, you have a good mother. Or you shouldn't do this to your mother. Even though I may not approve of some things. But that's one thing I am not going to be guilty of. And that's to sit down and talk to children. I don't care if they grown. I don't care if they 50. You do not speak negatively about a child's parent to that child. You know, I remember some years ago, I made a post, but I made a post from an evaluation of a fact of, of grown-ups that knew us. But when I say sit down and talk to a child one-on-one and, and I'm going to put your parent down, because what offended me about the people in the post, if I wanted to do that, opportunity presented itself. Opportunity presented itself if I was a low-down person where I could have sat and took that person's children and just dogged out their parent. But that's not the type of person I am. I don't care what happened with me and their dad. It's not for their ears to just for me to sit down and just tell them how low-down I think their dad is. I don't roll like that. And I know people can misperceived things because in the post that I was giving compliment based on the type of ways we used to do things and everybody used to do things until we mature better we didn't always do things better but see I don't run from the truth about myself you know when I was 18 I know every now and then when I when I got hooked up with the wrong people they showed me how to pick up some at the store without paying for it well not when I was 18 but when I was like 15 or 16 and I knew when I got 17 how to write bad checks but see I don't I don't run from what I used to do and I don't get mad at somebody when they tell me what I used to do because I know I did it it was true I was not perfect But the beauty of it is when you know that you used to be and God positioned you to be, to be better and your children turns out better. And that's where my post went. You know, when I know, I know in my reality of how, what kind of parent I used to be. And this wasn't to put nobody on front street. This was just to say, in spite of, my God, how we used to be, the child turned out to be. But you know, even in that, you know, people would take positive and make it messy. And I've learned that. That's why sometimes I just, I just would draw myself. Because people would take a positive coming. And so in that positivity of, of giving compliment to the parental uh, uh, guidance in the present and seeing the results of the child in the present that wasn't embrace. see oh my god so you know what sometimes I see things like that and I just I just back up and like I said sometimes I hear things and I just back up and I know I used to be a person that I would just go to people and try to make peace and confront things and talk about them. But you know what? I'm at a place now. I did that stuff when I was younger because I felt we young and we have a people don't see who we are. But now I, I, I don't even waste my time. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm almost 60 years old. And if a person have dealt with me a, a 30, 40, 
50 years and they don't really know me by now. I'm like the old song, right? They ain't going to never know me anyway. It just ought to be some things about people when you done had relationships, not your children, but I'm talking about you as a grown-up. When you've had relationships and you've seen how God have changed and developed these people, somewhere in life you ought to say, well, you know what? She don't deal with me like that. Or I don't see her like that. Or it's got to be something other than that. It's got to be something beyond that. But when you let people, let anybody come in their ear and, and, and disarray you from who they know that you are, who they see who you are. I'm talking about people who live and breathe with you. And then they act like you some stranger in the street. That they don't know. And then these are people who have dealt with you for years and know that if nothing else, that every time they come to your house, it's decent and in order. So then that means if somebody come by and say, well, you know, I went by her house and honey, it was just towed up from the floor up. They should be able enough to say, well, you know what? That's surprising to hear. Because as long as I know her, that is not the way I've ever witness or experience so people should have a a a meter to let them know "Um, mm -mm, that don't sound like nothing she said or that don't sound like nothing he said because see in my mind and in my meter just like the person I was telling you about now and I know people that say okay well you know that person always gossiping well see I know every time they call me they gossiping so you know I already know that sound like something if they said because they got a habit of just I don't know what it is. And this ain't just started. This this have been a thing from 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 reflecting back in their past probably childhood days. It's just they, they always taking a negative bone, but it's like if something good to be said, you don't hear from them. And there are just people like that. But what what can you do? Nothing. You just have to do you. And know the people when they come to you and say stuff to say, well, you know what? Mm, well, I don't know. I'll pray about it. And see, that's what I had to do. Because the stuff they was telling me, I know it didn't happen that way. But you know, sometimes, and, and I got this thing anyway, and I'm just saying it's about me. And, and that's because I'm old school. But I got a thing with men, real men who gossip. I'm just going to be honest. When I hear gossiping men, you know, because when I'm old school, when I came up, a man who used to gossip and, and take big folk business from house to house to house to house, where they were the brothers that didn't know for sure what they wanted to be and how they were born to be, if they wanted to be male or female. Now, that's, that's the way gossip came in our time. But real strong brothers who was about their business and about doing something, having something that if they had to take it to their grave. It's just certain things they never talked about somebody mama. They never talked about nobody's sister. They never talked about their brother or their uncle or their aunties and some cousins. Now that was just off the table. Old school, real men. It was just off the table. That was just something they'll tell you, like my uncle and I used to do well, you know what, I don't want to talk about that. Even when somebody tried to bring it up, they'd be like, I don't want to talk about that. See, that's the kind of environment I was around. And I got an uncle, he's still like that, you know, because something recently happened in my family. And, and you know what they said? They said, well, you know what, let's move on from that. 
Because that's over with. And I said, see, that's my kind of talk, uncle. You know, real men just didn't do that. You don't try to sit down and make nobody fall out with their mama, daddy, sister, brother, auntie, uncle, cousin. What they do that? Well, I see we had a, a a more loyalty code. We did that kind of stuff with, with strangers, you know, in the street who tried to tell us something. We trying to defend them. It's just some people you just didn't talk about. You didn't talk about folks' grandchildren. The grandma could say something. The mama could say something. But you don't do it. My God. My beloved brothers and sisters, I got to let it go. And we got to wonder why we are damaged. And like I say, a lot of damage comes from searching within ourselves. Where did we, what part did we play? I'm not saying that we're all guilty of playing a part. You know, a lot of stuff does come from our traditional teaching. And, and of course, you know, um, like Apostle O, she started with her phrase, the three T's. And that's a lady from our prayer line, who, a visionary from our prayer line. And I know many of you listening may not know, but... She made a profound, what God gave her, God gave her a profound revelation that she emphasizes her three T's, tradition, training, and trauma. And that everybody is structured and defined some way based on their tradition, training, and trauma. And I tend to agree with that, you know, along with some other elements of things. But that's just in a simplicity format, how simple it is to just Think on those things. Think about where you, your training, your tradition, and your trauma. And then examine your ways and see what it is about you that you did. Like I said, I did with me. I realized I was disobedient. When I set the clock backs in the house to sneak out to the party and make up the bed to look like I was in it. You know, I realized. I played a part. I played a part in the way things happen in my life. When my grandmother said, don't let dark catch you or, or stick together. And I was the first one when we got out of sight trying to go the opposite direction. I mean, I'm just being honest. And we don't see it in our younger days. That's why I'm saying train and bring up these kids to know there are consequences. Sometimes that stuff don't come back and revisit us till we get old. My God. But it's a profound statement of truth. Some people like to call it karma. But whatever you put out... Whatever, 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 even as a child. If you plant that seed, you will sow it. And people like to use it to apply for everybody else. And karma is a bee. And karma is, they just give, that, that, that nigga just getting karma. But don't be so quick to judge that think that karma don't come to you too. Karma, it comes to everybody. That's why the Bible said, be not deceived. Don't be deceived because deceived means you tricked. So the Bible said, don't be tricked now. It coming to you too. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap.
My God. Let's try to eliminate the damage in our lives. The damage in our heart and our soul and our mind and our spirit. That we may prosper and be in good health even as our soul prosper. You have a beautiful blessed Sunday. I thank God once again for being able to come into your lives. And hopefully leave some words that will inspire you and encourage you in your prosperity. And may the blessings from heaven and flow, flow, flow down to earth. Meet all of your needs, your good wants, and whatever when you delight yourself in God, your heart's desires. I thank you all for your time, your loving, tender grace and mercy. And until the next time, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.